welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. So glad you're here, be seated. Son, this is a dream. Father. It's a dream for me because since you were a little boy, I said, Josh, come here, Josh, come here, Josh. He'd be on stage with me, be a little boy. I said, come up here, we're gonna sing together. Come up here, we're gonna have fun together. He go, no, I don't want to. I said, you're gonna be doing this for the rest of your life, come on. I drag him on stage as a little boy. I said, come on, here we go. I was gonna sit there today, but you wanted oh, to sit there. Where we got it figured no, out. you wanted to sit there. So I said, you sit there. I, I don't care where I sit. I, don't, I wanna sit I just there. wanna be, here we go. Come on, everybody. Oh. Right. You ready for some more? Let's go. Like we just, you know, we're doing this whole uh, tasting menu here. Just 10-course meal. Past couple weeks have been great. I wasn't sarcastic. People always think I'm being sarcastic. That's because like you say you're sarcastic all the time. Like win, like Everybody's I, waiting for the punchline. Like Last night. couple of weeks have been great. <laughs> but. Go ahead. Anyway. Um, Thank you was, for your patience. There was, a, there was a particular flow that we were in, and then Pastor Keith and I had a conversation before first service that really um, changed the kind of our flow a little bit, speaking about flow. Um, the title of the conversation today is I Believe It, which is the opposite of last week. If you were here last week or if you watched last week's message, I'm not going to rehash it. You can go, you can go watch it. Um, but last week's message was called I Doubt It. And there's two, there's two different things that happen. Um, that, that there's two different ways that we can operate. We can doubt things or we can believe things. And uh, so in, in, in the book of Luke, Luke chapter one, there's a story about a guy named Zechariah. He's a doubter. God makes him be quiet um, so that his will can happen because Zechariah doesn't have any hope. And then right after that story, there's a story about a girl named Mary and the story many of us know, it's Christmas. It's that season where we talk about Mary and Jesus and all of these things that happened. And what, what we've been talking about in this series and what we started with last week was this thought that comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And Paul tells us that there's three things that are gonna last forever. He says, faith, hope, and love. Okay, stop right there, Josh. Three things are gonna last forever. So let's talk about life mastery just for a second. You need to be great at faith. You need to be great at hope. And you need to be great at love. So if these are three things that last forever and we're God's sons and daughters, we need to learn about faith, hope, and love. Yeah. And one leads to the other, Josh. They all, they're all three connected and we're gonna, this is really deep thoughts. So if you need notes, if you wanna look at where we're going and see kind of the thought process, you can go to live.elevate.life. The notes are right there. You can open the Uversion app and you'll see the notes as, as we have them. But there's these three unique things that all work together. So you have faith, which uh, a really simple definition for faith is confidence that what we hope for is actually gonna happen. Then you have hope, which hope is a desire of some good with an expectation of obtaining it. It's not just like wishful thinking, but it's an expectation that what we're believing for is actually gonna happen. And then love, which is really the outward expression 
of our faith and hope together because if we expect good things and if we're confident that good things are gonna happen, then we're gonna act good. Most bad behavior is hopeless behavior. Most bad behavior is behavior that's not rooted in faith. And so in Luke chapter one, you get into the story of Mary and I'm not gonna read you the whole story. Luke chapter one, verse 26 through 38, you can read it. If you don't know this story, I'll catch you up to where we're at. Mary's considered the mother of Jesus. She's a virgin at this point. She's just a person living her life. The Bible does not describe her. It doesn't say what she looks like. Um, says that she's, she's, a lot of scholars consider her pretty young. And uh, an angel shows up to her and an angel um, named Gabriel shows up and he appears to her and he says, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. The Bible says she was confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean, the Lord is, the Lord is with me. I'm just like a person living my life. And Gabriel looks at her and he says, you found favor with God. Um, isn't it funny how like, to me, angels and spiritual beings always talk so spiritually. It's great. You found favor with God. You're gonna conceive and give birth to a son. Um, he will be very great. Be called son of the most high. He goes into this whole thing, just blows her mind. She says, how am I gonna have a son uh, if I don't know a man? And uh, he says, don't worry about it. God's gonna take care of it. Okay. And so she says in, in verse 38, which is kind of where we want to hang out today. Verse 38, Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. Gabriel said in verse 37, the word of the okay, Lord will stop never right fail. There. So everybody put your hand on your heart. Say, I am the Lord's servant. I'm the Lord's servant. And lead him in the rest of it. May everything. May everything. You've said about me. You said about me. Come true. Come true. And the Bible says the angel left her. So there's two, there's two completely different ways of approaching things in our life. One is Zachariah, who's a doubter, and you can read that story. One's this, this approach of Mary, who hears this ridiculous thing. I mean, you could imagine, maybe you can't. You could imagine today if someone came to you, someone that you know, a young person said, you know, God told me that he's gonna use me to birth the savior of the world, and, um, I'm just going to be pregnant one day. None of us would believe that if someone talked to us. We would think, yeah, you're a liar. Like, don't lie to me. You know, that's not how it happens. It's not how you get pregnant, right? But in this story, you can imagine, at least in my mind as a thinker, the amount of kind of contemplation that would be running through your head if this was you. God said, I'm going to do this stuff, and it's crazy, and it's ridiculous, and and then the angel's gonna leave. Like God's not gonna come down and explain this to your family now. God's not gonna come down and, and explain this to all the people that you talk, talk to for the rest of your life. So what's the difference between Mary and Zechariah? Mary believed, Zechariah didn't. Zechariah, God said, you're gonna have a son. He didn't believe. God said to Mary, you're gonna have a son. Mary believed. So where does belief come from? So, so stop right there for just a second. So, so really get what Josh just said. Last week was, I doubt it. This week is, I believe it. Most of us live somewhere in the middle. I doubt it. I believe it. I doubt it. I want to believe it. We use hope as an ancillary for wishful thinking. Yeah, we just, and we that's, just, and that's we just, not what hope is. Hope is not wishful thinking. So, so here's what happens in the story that I, I want to make sure everybody doesn't miss. Zachariah was a priest. And here's what happens with our knowledge. Every bit of knowledge that you have, no matter how smart you are, 
Josh is very smart. When he was 10, I said, you're smarter than me, but I'm your father. <laughs> so some people are prodigies. Some people are geniuses without ever reading a book. Uh, I, I mentioned last week that I met the president, former president of MIT, uh, served at Harvard, held a seat at Harvard. Her husband is a neuroscientist, holds a seat at Harvard. And they said they met a mathematician, a, a guy, and he said, I must have lived, an, this is his conclusion, this is his belief, I must have lived another life because I, I've never seen a math problem I can't solve. That's called a God gift. You didn't live another life where you learned it and now you've been reincarnated. And so, Josh, here's, here's, here's the fact. Sometimes our knowledge, and let me just now back up, limited knowledge is what keeps us from believing what we've never seen before. Sometimes our expertise keeps us from believing that in our industry, this can't happen. And so, so Zachariah, Josh, was a priest and was, was versed in the things of God. And yet when the angel of the Lord showed up and said, here's what's gonna happen, he not only doubted it, but he started speaking out of his mouth. And, and, and because of that, the angel made it where he couldn't speak. Some of us, the best thing that could happen for us if, is if something or someone shut us up because we're not getting down the road because of what's coming out of our mouth. Boy, the, the, and we, so, we, so wait, let me finish. <laughs> so we get this picture in the Bible of, of Zechariah, a priest, having the power with his mouth to override the word. And so he's mute until the baby's born. Now, now listen very carefully. Mary, on the other hand, the next story in the Bible is the story about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And she says, I don't know how this could be, but according to your word, so be it. So be it unto me. So it's this, it's Josh, I love it because it's this paradox. It's this contrast in scripture from somebody that doubts and says how much they doubt and God shuts them up so his plan can happen. And this young person who hadn't lived enough life to doubt enough. See, some of y'all know what marriage is because you got married, now you're divorced and you think you know. No, you just know it didn't work. So you, just have, a, you just have a belief about marriage. You have a belief based on your experiences. So a belief, so if I can just simplify, a belief, what's a belief? A belief is anything that you and I assume to be true. Any, anything that we assume to be true. So beliefs are things that we often take for granted, but we assume to be factual. In, in my book, Your Divine Fingerprint, I talk about beliefs are like the roots of a tree. You can't see them, but the roots determine how high the tree grows. The roots determine how healthy the tree is and the roots determine the unseen portion of the tree determine what is manifest in the fruit of the tree and how much fruit the tree bears. That's how your beliefs are. Nobody can see your beliefs. Listen, they see your life. I said, nobody can see your beliefs, but they see your marriage. Nobody can see your beliefs, but they see your business. Nobody can see your beliefs, but they see where you are financially. 
You see, it's one thing to say, here's what I believe. And my question to business leaders that I have the privilege to coach is, here's, I call it the effectiveness question. How's that working for you? Doesn't matter what you believe. Like, how's that working for you? So our beliefs, where do they come from? So how are our beliefs formed, okay? This is just kind of, I want to invite you to have a philosophical discussion with yourself about what you believe and why you believe it. So there's two primary ways that psychologists and philosophers agree that beliefs are formed in, in human beings. The first is our experiences, uh, our inferences, and our deductions. So our life, the life that we live, and what we decide that that means to us. That's, that's where one element of our belief comes from. The other element is things people tell us. And uh, so like if someone tells you you're bad at math, uh, you're bad at math, you believe that you're bad at math because at some point someone said, well, you're not that great at math. If someone says you're short, you believe you're short because someone told you at some point that you're short compared to, compared to something else. If you have an experience like Pastor Key talked about in a marriage where a marriage doesn't work out, it affects what you assume to be true. That's what beliefs are, what you assume to be true. It affects what you assume to be true about marriage. And it affects what you assume to be true about the other, uh, uh, the other sex or, or people or circumstances or, or, ra situ or, or, or another race or another race. And so think about, think about in your life how you, um, how you act automatically when you cross a busy street. So when you and I come to a busy street, um, the reason why we uh, approach the street in, in a safe and cautious way is because at some point in our life, we've been taught and hold the belief that that situation can be dangerous. So we look both ways to make sure the street is clear before we cross. It's an automatic response. Similarly, we have hundreds, if not thousands of other beliefs that create automatic thoughts and responses in our own life. So beliefs, um, can be empowering or limiting in nature. So here's one of the, here's, here's what kicked this whole thing off between Pastor Keith um, and myself. And I promise you we're gonna try to land the plane. This is just a deep thing. Cause it just totally changed the, the this one conversation totally changed the dynamic of this talk today. Uh, because Which he, that's my hope as a spiritual father. Yeah, because he is came it, in this morning and we were talking about, he, he was talking about how, um, well do you wanna say it or do you want me to say what you said? Cause you're sitting here. So we're talking about Jesus. So we Matthew, were talking, we were talking about faith and I said, Josh, how many, so I'm going to, I'm going to ask you the question. How many generations can you go back backwards and name your grandmother, your grandfather? Most of you are there. What were their parents' names? Let's go back just one more generation. What were those parents' names? What were the paradigms and beliefs in those families, just two generations separated from you that's caused you to think like you think right now? See, most people can't even name the people. I can name, I can name my grandparents on one side, my mother's side, which is my mama, Bessie G. Ferguson, my, her husband, uh, Fred Ferguson, but I cannot name my dad's parents, I called his mother Granny, never knew her name, and her husband left her after he murdered my dad's sister in Muskogee, Oklahoma. That's where I come from. They were dirt poor, poverty, supported by the government. That's what I came from just two generations ago. And, and 
so, so I ask you, I ask you, where did you come from and what do you know about your, your upline? And the truth is most of us don't know. And let me tell you, some people like my friend Mitch here, he, he's like done the, the genealogy study and it's pretty amazing, you know, and he comes from unbelievable stock. And so you, you do not have permission to fail. But what you come from, you better not fail because there's a lot to uphold. I mean, he comes from, from his father was a senator or something or something in government and, and people that have led well and farmers and people that fed America. And I don't want to do a genealogy study. You know why? Because it goes nowhere. They're broke, poor, busted, came from nothing, did nothing with their life. And that's the truth. No, so what I was telling Josh, I said, you know what's amazing about this book? Every prophecy that Jesus fulfilled was spoken all through the Old Testament. Over 700 years of prophecies that foretold the places where he was gonna be born, the circumstance, he was gonna be born of a virgin, and, and not only the places, but the specific places, Bethlehem and Nazareth. And, and then I said, and then the book of Matthew, the first book in the Bible, Matthew 1, is the genealogy of Jesus. Guess how far back they go? 42 generations. And so I, so I was telling him, I said, I said, this is what's amazing to me about the word of God. And then Josh. And I said, you know, like people that don't believe in this book, don't care about that. They think that's all made up. I said, until so this using, book has been proven with science that these people actually lived and there's actually documented proof beyond this book that they are alive. So but here's the problem. Here we go. This is our family right the here. The problem is the problem is you're using something that someone doesn't believe in to confirm itself. Exactly. Right? So let me look, look at so, me, look at me, so look, at me. Look, this, look at me. He said, don't challenge no, me No, on listen, stage. look at this me. This is a great conversation. No, no, I'm look, like y'all just listen for I'm a second. I'm not a non-believer. No, 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 I know. But I, no, no, but just listen to me. But this is what. Am I your father? You are. Do you believe that? Yeah. Okay, Sheila, maybe it's time. He's 32. Maybe it's time. So, so here's, here's what that led to. So here's. Here's, here's what Pastor Keith asked, asked that kind of led us down this whole thing. You believe it based on what you is, know about our family, but there's things in I our know, family he doesn't know about. But you also have to get into why do you believe what you believe? That's my point. So why do you believe what you believe? If you're, an, if you're sitting in this room and you're uh, an, an agnostic person or you're like a questioner, or you're trying to figure out what all this means, or if you like go, well, I'm a nihilist and... What a nihilist means is nihilism is everything's meaningless, nothing matters. Or stop just so, for a second. Or like an Anderson Cooper, who was the son of Gloria Vanderbilt, who was the fourth generation of Cornelius Vanderbilt, who, has, who in his time in 1875 rolled like nobody. Bezos, nobody is rolling today, $216 billion. That's what Co Anderson Cooper on CNN, when you watch him, that's what he came from. When his mother died on June 19th, 2019, and she looked Anderson in the eye, Gloria Vanderbilt said, Anderson, I'm sorry to tell you that the whole fortune is gone. There's nothing left in the trust. Because of a way of thinking, listen now, because of a way of thinking, $216 billion only took four generations to go to that. Because there were some daddies, listen to me, some fathers who weren't teaching their sons about money. And it was lost, no matter how much money it is. And, and again, back to beliefs, Josh. So the, belief, the belief is, here's what I heard Anderson Cooper say with Malcolm Gladwell. 
He said, I'm a catastrophist. Well, I wonder why he believes that way. He's a catastrophist. In other words, and by the way, most reporters are. So when you're watching reporters, you're watching some of the most negative people you'll ever listen to. I don't care if they're on Fox or wherever they're, they're catastrophists. You know why? Because their job is to get on the side of supposedly the truth, but usually it's to get on the side to prove their own belief system. And when you're listening to people give you the news that are catastrophists, you are gonna be depressed, turn that junk off and get some real, anyway, I'm sorry, Josh, go ahead. That's where our beliefs come from, though. And that's who, that's who is on television. Yeah. People who say, in my family, we lost $216 billion. I'm a catastrophist. Well, no wonder you're a catastrophist. Where did you learn to think like that? Or, or being, ex, you know, being exposed to war zones and hopeless Absolutely. situations. Absolutely. So what you, the question, All of our beliefs come from yeah, somewhere. The question we have to answer is, why do we believe the way we believe about anything? Absolutely. About God, Jesus, the Bible, marriage, money, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, some of you, you, you sat through this, this teaching on giving today and it just freaking ground your gears, right? You just didn't like it. I don't like coming to church. They talk about money. I don't like being felt, felt like I'm put in a position where I need to do that, where I need to be a part of that because of my belief about how I feel like it should be. Or this is most people. I, we, we believe here at Elevate Life Church that most people want to be generous. And, they, and, and we think that God hardwired us for generosity. He created us to be generous. Yeah. But sometimes the limiting beliefs that we have about money end up actually limiting us financially, i.e. debt, whatever. We, we live, you know, we have $0 in the bank account every pay period. We live paycheck to paycheck. We have all these limiting beliefs about money. And so we hear discussions like, like we've heard today and we think, well, there's no possible way for me to step outside of where I'm currently at and, and do that. And that in and of itself is a limiting belief. So what's, what's, what are the two different kinds of beliefs? There's limiting beliefs and empowering beliefs. So beliefs can be limiting or empowering in nature. A limiting belief prevents us from uh, fulfilling our potential. These things hold us back. And any negative thought that you and I have about ourselves, people, circumstances, situations, or negative emotion usually comes from a limiting belief. Now, Here's how black people are is a limiting belief. Here's how white people are, is a limiting belief. You see, dealing with your limiting beliefs when it comes out of your mouth, well, this is how rich people are. This is how poor people are. Those are all limiting beliefs, but I want you to break it down. So empowering beliefs, or for the sake of our time today, unlimited beliefs. We want to invite you into unlimited belief today. Come on, we all accept that challenge. Unlimited belief, which that, that means all things are possible with God. So allow us, these things allow us to act resiliently, believe in ourselves, and have positive thoughts and emotions. So in a sense, our beliefs create our sense of reality. Our beliefs, our create, beliefs create our sense of reality. The way that we see the world. So last week we talked about how your hope, yours, yours and my hope, is a prediction of our personal future based on how we decide to see the present and the past. And, and our beliefs are how we decide to see the present and the past. So most people 
are not aware of their own beliefs because they've never taken the time to think about why they believe what they believe. Now this is what I'm saying, I'm inviting you to have this conversation with yourself because there's, there's, unlimited, there's unlimited beliefs in our mindset and our thought processes about everything. But you and I, if we're gonna be the people that God has created us to be, we have to understand why we think and believe the way we think and believe about everything. So I wanna give you some examples of limiting versus unlimited beliefs. So limiting belief, I need to be wealthy in order to be happy. Empowering belief, I can choose to be happy no, more, no matter what my present circumstances are. Limiting belief, I love this one. This is my favorite limiting belief. My body type is such that I cannot lose weight no matter what I do. I found that to be true, <laughs> especially when, uh, you know, my diet consists solely of cheeseburgers and pizza. It becomes impossible. No matter what I do. No matter what anyway, I do, I just can't lose weight. That hamburger, I've, the I've, pizza, the... I'm currently experiencing that. <laughs> Empowering belief. Empowering belief. I can be healthy if I exercise and eat right. Limiting belief. I'll never be successful because I don't have the education. Empowering belief. My success is determined by how hard I work rather than my education level. Limiting belief. My family background limits what I can become in life. Empowering belief. I can be anything I want to if I'm willing to pay my price. Limiting belief. I can't start a business because I don't have the capital. I don't have the money. Unlimited belief. I can start a business by meeting the right people and getting the right investors. Limiting belief. I'm ugly and unappealing. Empowering belief. I'm attractive and desirable. Limiting belief. Yes, that was for somebody. Amen. Limiting belief, I'm too old to do something. Empowering belief, my age means that I have the experience and wisdom to do anything. Yeah. Limiting belief, I will never find the right person for me and I'll never get married. Unlimited belief, the right person for me is out there. I simply need to get out and meet people. And become the person yes. that deserves the, to meet the person That's true. of my dreams. Limiting belief, most people are dishonest and out to cheat me. Unlimited belief, the majority of people are honest and kind. So in, in Mark chapter nine, we can clap for kind people. In Mark, in Mark chapter nine, there's a story about Jesus and a father that came to Jesus and he said, I want you to, you know, Jesus, my son, my son, this crazy thing is happening and I want you to, I want you to heal him if you can. If you can, Jesus turns to him in Mark chapter nine, verse 23, and Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. Put that on the screen, guys. I want everybody to see it with your own eyes. So I want you to read that again. Yes, so he says, hey, now, so listen, this is, the, this is the hope without faith. This is the wishful thinking This is part. the wishful thinking without taking responsibility for your own belief. Hey, hey, Jesus, you know, if, if you, you can, if you can. Mark chapter nine, do they have it? Maybe, they, they, don't, maybe they don't have it. Well, I guess anyway, we lost it last Mark service. chapter nine, he says, heal, heal my son if you can. Jesus looks at him and he says, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. Would you just read that with me? Anything, Anything is possible if a person believes. Come on, I'm that person. Let's say I'm that person. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the guy, I'm gonna believe. So the father, instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. 
This is the Bible addressing limiting beliefs. So I want you to do something with me just right now. Just say, Lord, Lord help me, help me overcome, overcome my unbelief. My unbelief. Because all of us have yeah. unbelief. Yeah. I have unbelief about certain things in my yeah. life. I have unbelief about things that I feel like God wants to do in me and through me and for me and dreams that I feel like I have in my heart. I have so much unbelief about that. And it's like I, I end up, uh, you know, I'll tell you the story. So, so um, we're pregnant with number two right now, as many of you know. And that's for me. Thank else. you very much, son. Thank you. So uh, when we when we when we had Charlie, you know, I'm not I'm not one of these people that uh, you know. It's like, oh, how do you feel about you know having a daughter first? And it's like, really want a son? It's like, I, I want a healthy baby. I'm really that way. I'm very laid back, and you know. My See, here's the deal. Let me just prophesy. So Jason, here's the thing. So you got these twins. Y'all got these twins. So he's, he's having this, these babies be born. If you stay long enough here, your children might marry into my family. <laughs> we would create an unbelievable force Fine. in the earth. Now listen. You, now, I'm, I'm joking about that, but can I tell you, because they're new, and that's why I'm saying that. Courtney's father, Robert Hawkins and Kelly, were here, and I'd see this little, in way back, I'd see this little six-year-old blonde-headed girl running around with her daddy setting up chairs in our church that I had no idea would be the future wife of the prince the future. Okay, watch this. What if, y'all listen to me, what if something I said made them mad and they left the church? What if they just go, ah, that's not for me. Every decision you make like that downline determines the alignments that your own children will make. People never get that. They just think, ah, I'm out. I'm gonna do this. Hey, I'm gonna move my family to Minnesota to get another job and you're not thinking strategically about being planted in the house of the Lord where God can bring a blessing on your family. Even, it's very powerful. And even that comes back to belief. Yeah. What do you believe about economic opportunity for yourself, right? So um, back number, to my number, story. Number two, yes. It's all your story. I was telling your story. Um, the first, you know, with Charlie, we go into the, you know, at the 12 week sonogram now that at, at this particular doctor that we go to, the, they'll guess this sonogram artist, you know, person, sonogram artist. They're former, they're, they're, they'd been subway artist. Sandwich artist. Sandwich artist before, now they're a sonogram artist. So they'll guess, they'll guess with, you know, they'll guess what the, what the gender of the baby is. I guess whatever they can see, they've done it a million times, right? And so with Charlie, they guess it's 70%. Um, she's like, I'm 70% sure it's a girl, but they tell you for sure at the 16 week sonogram. Well, Courtney's always really wanted to be a, a boy mom, right? And so when we found out it was a girl the first time, it was a little bit, was a little bit difficult for her. Well, then the second time, we just had our 12 week sonogram this week. And uh, she's like, oh, you know, she goes, do you want me to tell you? And Courtney's like, yeah. And, and she said, well, I think, it, I think it might be a girl again. And um, she wasn't as, she wasn't 70% um, sure this time, uh, but she still guessed that it, it could potentially be a girl. Now, that story had a point before my dad went down a rabbit trail. Um, 
Now I'm forgetting what, what the Th that, point that of was my a story little, was. That was a little dishonoring, huh? but we're not going to. Before that. A little condescending. Yeah, I want to I wanna have, oh, great. Thank you. Keela's really helping me. So. She's been in our family I, a long I'm a time. Person, I'm a person. I'm a person that's, that's laid back as it relates to that. I'm okay. You know, Courtney's saying um, she knows. She knows how she feels. She's like, this is it. I'm just telling you I'm done. I don't ever want to be pregnant again, right? It's, it's, this, is just, this is who we are. I'm sorry. Maybe it's a limiting belief issue. We'll work on it. Yeah. So, so, so if, we, if we have two girls and we don't have a boy, I'm, I'm like, okay. But. I, I'm not okay. But that, I, listen, I, I love girls. I, I want to populate the earth with girls, and these are going to be beautiful girls. But here's the thing. But son, tell them what your son's name's going to be. Oh, Keith, yeah. We, we can't stop with two but, girls. I'm so, sorry. It's, it's, so, a, it's just, it can't be Keitha. So I want to get to my, it can be. I want to get to my point. <laughs> Second service. Whatever. Cowboys played Thursday. We saw how that went. I don't think anybody cares anymore. So Surely I, not. I, That's my belief. So, but, I know Jerry didn't. So we're almost done, maybe. So I, I want to live my life, though, not just que sera, sera in it. It's not the way God wants us to live. Right. God doesn't want us to live with low expectations. If you have an expectation in any area of your life, then have that expectation. Have a hope. Don't go, well, it doesn't matter because so-and-so said. So this person who's the sonogram artist, they're very capable, very wonderful. Um, they took a guess. A guess is not going to create a belief for me. Right? So if I believe that I'm going to have a son, then I'm going to believe it. I'm not going to have wishful thinking about it like, oh, God, I hope, whatever. And I want, I want a healthy baby 100%. I'm not going to be weird about that and go, well, I'm not going to be happy if I have another daughter. That's not what it's about. It's just I have an expectation. I have a hope. So, God, I'm going to live my life as if, as if this is going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, it's not going to affect my future. But I want this to happen today because I, be, I believe for this. So how do I know if I have limiting beliefs in my life? I want you to ask yourself these four questions, and you can see these in your notes. How do I know where I have limiting beliefs? In what areas of my life am I not getting what I want? In what areas of my life have I tried to improve, but I didn't get the results that I wanted? What aspects of my life make me unhappy and discontented? And in what areas of my life do I feel weak, powerless, incompetent, or held back? And if you didn't get that, it's okay. You can go get the notes and those, those questions are in there. And these are the areas of our life, if how, wherever you answer that, if that's marriage, finances, personal life, physical health, emotional health, spirituality, whatever, wherever you answer that question, it's probably an area where you have a limited belief. Okay, so stand up. We're just about through. No, y'all, not y'all. I'll have you stand up in a minute. You cannot leave right now. Just hold. Hold! Okay, Josh, we're going to finish. But listen very carefully to what I'm going to tell you. You've got beliefs that are based on your opinions. You've got beliefs that move from opinion to convictions. That's a two-legged chair. Your opinion is one leg of a chair. Don't mess up your marriage because your opinion. 
Don't make your opinion and what you think a conviction like it's from the Bible. No, it's your opinion. The third leg of the chair is a paradigm. My opinions and the things I decide to have as convictions become a paradigm. They become a way that I see life from the inside out. It's still a three-legged chair. Faith, faith. What's the difference between faith, which is the fourth leg of the chair? What's the difference between faith and belief? Here's the difference. Faith, number one, is me believing that God's way is better than my opinion, than my conviction, and than my paradigm, the way I see it. That's faith. That's number one. Number two, faith is not just believing that God's way is better, so I need to learn his word, and I need to be around faith-filled people and not listening to just stuff in the news and everywhere else that robs me of my faith and my belief, okay? But the other thing is to understand this. Faith is based on what I believe and taking action. So I can say something all day long. Hey, I believe this, I believe this. And again, my question, Tim, how's it working for you? But then the other question is, what are you doing that proves what you believe? How many of you want to be healthy? Let me just see your hands. Physically healthy. Okay, put your hands down. I'm not saying this to make you feel bad. What are you doing about it? You can say, hey, I want that. If you don't take action on it, you ain't going to be healthy. That, that's really practical, right? Oh, yeah, I want to be healthy. I don't want to have heart disease. I don't want to die prematurely. Then what are you doing based on what you believe so that doesn't happen? Like that's real, right? So it's very important. So what's the chair? My opinion. I don't want my opinion as a man to separate me from Sheila. I don't, want, I don't want my conviction based on my limited knowledge and limited experience to do something that separates us. Because here's what my opinion, I don't want my paradigm that's formed, my paradigm, the way that I see life, I don't want that to be something I get stuck in. That's only a three-legged chair. I want to add faith to all that and say, God, listen, here's, here's what I really believe based on my faith. Two things are core beliefs for me. These are overarching beliefs for me. Number one, number one, with man things are impossible. If you see this situation and you feel hopeless and you feel like I don't have hope, this is impossible. Know this, you're right. With man, things are impossible. But here is the core belief. The core belief is with God. Come on, with God, all things are possible. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what the doctor diagnosed. It doesn't matter what's going on in this scene. I have a God that says all things, not some things, but all things are possible. That's a core belief. Stay standing, I'm through. Here's the second core belief I have that overrides everything. Without faith, my faith, it's impossible to please God. And that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Let me tell you how I seek God. Not just through praying, not just through fasting, watch this. I seek God by aligning my beliefs with his word. Now watch this. 
and I keep on believing, sometimes against belief, hoping against hope because his word says it. And when I don't see it, I keep giving, I keep speaking, I keep believing. Why? Because he says, he says, without your faith, Keith Craft, it's impossible to please me. And by the way, those who diligently seek me based on their belief. What are you seeking God for based on your belief? That's your responsibility. I've got to add action to what I believe based on the Word of God. So I seek God based on what I believe, and guess what happens? God says, you've given me something to reward. So I want to prophesy over you. Your reward is on the way. I don't know what your reward is, but your reward is on the way. God doesn't just want you to believe in him. Take action. God doesn't just want you to be rich. Take action. God doesn't just want you to be healthy. Take action. God doesn't just want you to have an opinion. God doesn't just want you to have your convictions. God just doesn't want you to have your paradigms. God wants you to have faith. It's my faith. It's your faith. Honey, here's what I'm believing for for our future. Here's my kids saying, hey, in the future when they're little bitty. I'm saying, Keila, let's do it together. Josh, let's do it together. That's my faith. They still have to decide to do it, but that was my faith. My faith was when I was walking out of Josh's room after praying for him, and I would turn around and look at him before I turned his light out. Son, listen, you can be anything you want to be. You can do anything you want to do as long as you're willing to pay your price. And that's what he went to sleep with every night. Can I tell you, I'm the father. I'm the faith builder in my family. Parents, listen to me. You're the faith trainer, not me, not Pastor Sheila. You're the one that brings faith into your family. You're the one that brings faith to your finances. You're the one that brings faith to your business. You're the one, therefore, that brings hope and that brings love. And that's why these three remain, faith, hope, and love. Let's be those kind of people, y'all. Come on. Let's be those kind of people. Josh, what you got to say, and then we're going to pray. <laughs> I want to, I want to, I want to invite us. Here's, here's why God used Mary. God didn't use Mary because she was the smartest. God didn't use Mary because she was the prettiest. God didn't use Mary because she was a five talent person or a two talent person or a one talent person. God used Mary because he knew in Mary, he had someone who would believe. Yes. Not just believe. Here's, here's where most of us yes. struggle. Most of us struggle to believe that God will use us, period. Mary, it's not a, will God use me? It's beyond that. It's not, okay, you gotta know God's gonna use you, but the belief is saying, God, you're gonna transcend every limitation that I feel like I have. Whatever I feel limited by, whatever I feel stuck in, whatever I feel stopped by, God, I believe. Here's what God knew that he had in Mary, and here's what God is inviting us to be like. Here's what Mary shows us as a very human person, that if you can believe, that God will transcend your limitations, he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it. These are not just the people that God uses to change their families. These are not just the people that God uses to change their situations. These are the people that God uses to bring about world change. And Josh, we, we gotta, we gotta, listen, I wanna say it one more time. We've gotta make sure that our core beliefs are based on this. 
not our black opinion, not our white opinion, not our American opinion, not our rich opinion, not our poor opinion. We've got to make sure my belief is based on this. I take action based on this. That's why I come to the house of God. I come to learn. I come to learn the word of God. I apply it to my life. And when I apply it to my life, I bring the trifecta of faith, hope, and love to the world. So what do I need to do? What do you need to do moving forward from today? Just do what Mary did, start speaking it. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks is what we talked about last week. Today's December 7th, it's gonna get better. December 8th, it's gonna get better. December 9th, it's gonna get better. I said 7th, it's the 8th. The 8 eight in scripture is new beginnings. I said 8 in scripture is new beginnings. So in this last month of the year, I speak new beginnings over your life. Just get ready. Get ready. Come on, let your belief rise. Let your hope rise. Let your love rise. Josh, close us out. I just want us to say a prayer for ourselves because I don't know where you're at in your journey of faith and belief. So right now in this moment, we're, we're just about done. With every head bowed and every eye closed, everyone that can hear my voice, just pray this prayer and repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. Forgive me. Forgive me. I give you my life. Give you my life. Help. Help my unbelief. My unbelief. From this day forward. From this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen. One last thing, Josh. Who's got limiting beliefs? Raise your hand with me. You know what they are. Identify them. I've got some limiting beliefs going on because today, today, I said today, everything changes. The lid comes off in the name of Jesus. All things are possible for them that believe. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.